0: Following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I get to preach this morning and continue on the theme of discipleship defined. What if I told you that the Bible tells us that you can know a way in which you will never be barren, you'll never be unfruitful, you'll have an abundant entry into heaven, you'll never stumble. What if I told you that there is a place in the Bible that tells us how to be a good disciple and to know that we are a good disciple? We can define discipleship all day, but the reality is, how do we know we're doing it right? Well, turn in your Bibles to 2 Peter. Chapter 1. beginning at verse 1. I'm just going to read the first four verses to begin with, Mandy, and uh, we'll build a foundation there and then we'll preach. 2 Peter chapter 1, first four verses. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue by which we have been, he have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Okay, I want to build a foundation before I get to the crux of our message this morning based on what Peter just wrote. I want you to notice he says that you and I, along with the Apostle Peter, was given a of fe- faith. It was given to us. You need to know this morning that if you are here this morning and you are a believer in Lord Jesus Christ, the faith to believe that did not come from you, it came from God. And if you think it came from you, then you need to realize it can be taken away from you. In fact, the righteousness that you and I walk in comes from a faith in God. It is a righteousness which is by faith. So that some days when I don't feel like I look very righteous, it doesn't really matter because I just am. Some days, if the people around me don't look like they're very righteous, it doesn't really matter because they are. Now, they're working out their salvation, and hopefully with fear and trembling, but the reality is there's a righteousness which is ours by faith. We know that Ephesians 2.8 tells us this, By grace you have been saved through faith, and that is the gift of God. For years I read that, and I thought what that meant is the salvation is the gift. No, 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 the faith is the gift. For by faith you are saved, and that is a gift of God. Now, obviously salvation's a gift, but the faith that brings the salvation is a gift that comes from God. And we're all given the same measure of faith, as what Peter just said. Now, that doesn't mean we all have the same measure of faith because some have been growing their faith and some haven't. Some have been exercising the muscle of faith and some haven't. But the reality is that we all got a saving faith that allows us to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and make a wonderful grand entrance into this thing called salvation, the kingdom of God. Becoming a child of God. No longer born of bloodlines. No longer born of man. The will of man. Nor of the will of the flesh. But now I'm born of God. I'm a new creature. I'm a new species. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and Savior. I want us to notice throughout our texts today how much the Apostle Peter writes about our knowledge of God. I want to read you a quote from A.W. Tozer. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes to our mind... The knowledge that you and I have of God, the Father, of God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit, is the most important thing about us. Verse 3. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God of the Lord Jesus Christ. And His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Again, through the knowledge of Him who called us by His glory. I want to talk this morning about divine power. In fact, the title of this message is Discipleship Defined by Divine Power. The way you can know whether you are a disciple or not is whether you're walking in divine power. And as soon as many of us hear that, we who came out of the charismatic movement think about duniverse power (laughs) to prophesy and cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead. And it is that power. But we need to understand that that divine power has been given for more than just that. And if we don't understand that, we can end up being very unfruitful. We're going to read on and we're going to find out. By the way, have you ever noticed that in the scripture, when the Lord says and gives direction in choosing leaders, it's never about how gifted they are? It's not about gifting, it's about, character. How's their home life? How's their marriage? How's their kids? What's their reputation in the community? I want to confront some mindsets this morning of what it means to live in divine power. But I'll use the scripture to do it. So that you can just relax. (laughs) As his divine power has given us. All things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him. Who called us. By glory and virtue. By which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. I appreciate the prophetic word Luke uh, Anderson had last week. And basically he said uh, the beginning line, These things have been always going on. We are living in a day in our nation and in our society and our culture where all kinds of depravity. The word, the scripture that was used here was corruption, but my side note uses another word, depravity. And we are seeing in our culture a whole List the depravity on a number of different levels, and we need to, Luke's admonition: was Do not let that distract you from keeping your eyes on Jesus. My paraphrase. But we can get distracted by all that's going on, and we can be even shocked at the depravity as if it was something new. And I believe the exhortation of the Lord. To us this morning is it isn't anything new. It's just been uncovered. And been brought into the light. Pastor Dave and I used to meet for many mornings here and pray together. And one of our prayers was, Lord, pull back the covers on what's going on. Not pretty, is it? I want to take you to a place in Scripture that helps you understand what's going on. You can turn there if you like, but we're going to put it up on the boards. Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting Who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, but only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. That is a scriptural picture of what is going on in our society. But it was written a few years back, and it's nothing new. And we do need to understand that. That doesn't mean that we're comfortable with it. That doesn't mean we don't do what we can do to uh, bring positive change. But the reality is we do not let it distract us. There's a lot of question in our day. What should we do? as the church what should we do what should we do to prepare for the future what should we do and and there's many there there are many things that people are doing and they're all fine some are buying gold some are buying silver some are doing this some are prepping in different ways some are some are here's here's my take on it do what god tells you to do I believe the responsibility of the church is to encourage you, and just what I'm doing this morning, get to know Jesus so that you hear the shepherd's voice. Don't look for any person, any news commentator or any preacher to tell you what you ought to do concerning what's going on in the world. Listen to the shepherd for yourself. Get to know the shepherd because all that we're talking about this morning comes out of our knowledge of God. How many of you know President Bush? Former President Bush? You could say, well, which one? Well, either. <laughs> I mean, you know about them, but you, I, either one of them, but I don't think there's anyone here that really knows them. You can know all about them. You can even read their dossiers, and you can read all their, their books, and you, you can read all about them, but that doesn't mean you know them. And even bigger than that, they don't know you. So when we talk about the knowledge of the Lord, it's about getting to know Him. Getting to understand Him. Getting to feel His heart. And let Him know yours. Revealing to Him what's going on inside you. So what should we do? Grow in the knowledge of God that gives us a divine power to possess a divine nature. See, the divine power... Dunamis. By the way, it's the word power there is the same as was used in the book of Acts. It's where we get our word dynamite. Dunamis or dynamis, however you want to pronounce it. The reality is that there is a power that came from God for the new believers to be his witnesses. And we always think that it's all about. Power, 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 and it is. But it's power to love, power to be kind, power to be patient. See, how do you determine what kind of witness a person is in a community? By their character. Not their gifts. See, gifts are given, and they just need to be unwrapped and used. But fruit... Is growing and has to be cultivated. But we need to understand there is a divine power to take hold of the divine nature of God. That's why I said you're a new creation. There's no other species on the planet like you and I, as believers. Why? Because we've been given a new nature. Those of you who are here believers and you habitually sin, I just got to say to you, you're not acting according to your nature. You've got to go cross-culture, cross-nature to get into whatever you get into because it is not your nature. You've been given a new nature and it is the nature of the Son of God and it is easier to be righteous than it is to be a sinner. You got to work hard at sin once you're saved. How do you think I know that? I haven't arrived, but I've left the station. And so have you. And we're on our way. We're on this journey. But the reality is that we need to recognize there is a divine power that was given to us that allows us to live the life of a man of God and a woman of God that can assure that we, were, that we are fruitful. We must heed the words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount type stuff, foundational stuff, words of Jesus, chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. The, in red now, come on. This is important. In that last day, they will say to me, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do many signs and wonders in your name? And I believe the answer to the question is yes. And yet he says, depart from me, you lawless ones. There is great danger in moving in the gifts and not moving in character. And the the definition of a disciple is not how gifted you are. It's how disciplined you are. It's about the character of your life. And that is the primary purpose of the divine power. That we could be good witnesses to the Lord Jesus Christ. To those around us, we've thought that all that means is we are really good at preaching the gospel. Well, wonderful. But what's your life like? And there must be an awareness on the inside of us that what God looks see, man looks on the outward, God looks at the heart. So what should we do? I'm glad you ask, because our text tells us we I won't say that yet. Discipleship defined by divine power. Verse 5 of 2nd Peter. For this very reason, Remember, fruit must be grown. Fruit must be cultivated. By the way, and I I know I say this almost every time I preach, but because we just sometimes don't get it, so I'm going to keep saying it till I and you get it. When the Bible talks about the fruit of the Spirit, Spirit is with a capital S. It's not your fruit, you cannot produce it. You can only possess it. So we're going to read some attributes that, that we ought to be adding to our faith, which was free. Everyone say that. Faith was free. Faith free. I'm sorry, sorry if that bursts your bubble. If you think you woke up one morning and had a really bright idea to get saved... I want you to know that there was a Spirit of God working in your life for a long time, helping you get there. And if you're here this morning and you're still working out this whole thing of salvation, good, work it out. One thing I dislike is, in fact, that's one of the reasons we're doing Alpha. One of the things I dislike is cramming Jesus down people's throats as if he needs our help. One of the powers or one of the beauties of the Alpha series is it gives room for people to discover Jesus for themselves and even to say some things and ask some questions so that they can work it out without manipulation and pressure. Am I the only one in the room? Thank you. (laughs) Just having fun with you. But also, for this very reason, give all diligence. Add to your faith... Virtue, that is goodness, good, good qualities. Where are you going to find good qualities? The divine nature of God. You have a divine power to tap into the divine nature. Capital S. And to add to your virtue, knowledge... And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance, which is just a fancy word for patience. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. Now listen to this. I made a promise when I started that I would show you a guarantee. Ways that you can know that you're on the right track. If these things that we just talked about, there's seven qualities that you add to your faith, and I don't, I mean, they encompass the fruit of the Spirit as far as I'm concerned in one way or another. If these things are yours and abound, If these things are yours and you're growing in them. If these things are yours and you're increasing in them. Can I ask you a personal question? Are you a better version of yourself this year than you were last year? I don't mean more gifted. I feel, here's what I feel like, I feel like many ministry training schools have failed to keep a balance between giftedness and character and teach both. Are some of the qualities that we just talked about, are they increasing in your life? Don't answer that for me. I'll answer it for myself. (laughs) No, you can't. (laughs) How many of you know we need people around us to sound an alarm when we're not looking like Jesus, when we're not tapped into the divine nature? We all need that whether it's brothers and sisters, whether it's a spouse, you know, whatever it is. We need people in our life. That's why being a Lone Ranger is so dangerous. Pulling back from the church of Jesus Christ is so dangerous because we lose the voices around us to do two things. Encourage us and to hold us accountable And if accountability is done right, very often it's very encouraging. It's just reminding us who we are and the standard of life we ought to be living up to. So we add to our faith virtue or goodness. We add to our goodness or virtue knowledge knowledge of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. And to our knowledge we add self-control, and to our self-control we add perseverance, i.e. patience. And to our patience we add godliness, and to our godliness we add brotherly kindness, and to our brotherly kindness we add love. And if we possess those things and they are increasing, they're abounding in our life, they're, they're growing, I think sometimes, I'll be honest with you, I think sometimes we're too hard on ourselves, And I think sometimes we're too hard on each other. And I want to suggest that the place that we always ought to go is to God. Because he'll be really hard on us. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Actually, he will, but he has a way of doing it with such grace. Okay, let's let the scripture speak. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren, which means useless. Anyone in here want to be useless? Good. Nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble." For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That word, add, add these things, is kind of like furnishings. In fact, it it means to furnish or to furnish for yourself. To provide for yourself. To get a hold of for yourself. And in our house of faith. Which was given to us. We furnish it. And we furnish it with. Virtue. And knowledge. And self-control. Brotherly kindness. Godliness. Love. It's just a picture for us to see what Peter is encouraging us in. The Apostle Paul uses an analogy of clothing. Clothe yourself with kindness. Clothe yourself with gentleness. Clothe yourself with joy. Clothe yourself with peace. Here's the deal. All too many times we feel like we need to produce that stuff instead of just possessing it. It is a part of the divine nature that the divine power of God has given us to take hold of. Now the question arises, how do I get it? How do, I, how do I take the divine nature of God and bring it into my life, in every aspect of my life? You ready? We already talked about it. It comes from the knowledge of Him. It comes from time in His presence. It comes from getting to know Him. Getting to know Him in the Word. Getting to know Him in the stillness of a room. Getting to know Him in walking through His creation. Getting to know Him in worshiping and glorifying Him. Getting to know Him in the way that you get to know God the best. That's why our... That's why we feel we've talked about it much as leadership. How do we prepare our people for what's coming? And we've come to this. Get to know the shepherd. Get to know him. Noah, I'm quoting from Hebrews chapter 11. Noah, divinely warned of God, built an ark. What should we do? Be divinely warned. Connect with the divine. Connect with the divine power that allows you to connect with the divine nature and spend time with the divine. And you know what happens? You start becoming divine yourself. By that I mean you reflect his glory. You reflect his person. You reflect his character. And all the while, you are ensuring yourself of an abundant entry into his presence. Sometimes we focus too much on what we should be doing instead of who we are being. Because here's what I believe. I believe if we will be who he's called us to be, the doing will flow out of. Why? Because gifts are given, fruit is cultivated. By the way, we do need to understand that the doo-doo of everyday life is fertilizer for the fruit. That's what James meant when he said it so eloquently. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that it's perfecting your faith. This is what Jesus meant when he said, in the world, you'll have tribulation. Can I put that in modern-day vernacular? Life is a pressure cooker. That's what it means, tribulation, pressure. But be of good cheer, Jesus speaking. I have overcome the world. Well, what good does that do me? Oh, it does me all kinds of good if I tap into the divine nature by the divine power. Forget, or don't forget, everything that is His is now mine. I'm joint heirs with Him. I want to encourage you in your journey. I want to encourage you to recognize how important your connection with God is for the sake of being his witnesses. I'm not talking about evangelism. I'm talking about living everyday life and just spilling a little bit of Jesus everywhere you go. In words, sometimes, in deeds, most of the time, but always in character. Amen. Let's stand together. Father, we thank you this morning for your word to us. We thank you. We hear you, Lord, calling us up higher, and we say, yes, Lord, by the grace of God. We trust you to lead and to guide us in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.